So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is the start of our look back at Halloween Horror Nights 22 from 2012. I am Matt, and joining me once again, as he has for all the retrospectives, is my co-host, Quint. Hello. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, it's going to take a little... Hold on. I have to readjust my train of thought here to figure out how we do this. So, yes. Halloween Hard Nights 22, 2012. That would have been my, oh gosh, I don't know how to do the math, 13th year and your second year. I think that's what that comes yeah, to. My second year and and our friend Dave Smith's first year. Hmm. No, it's 24. Really? Yes, because we went with Fear Scale 20, no, 23. No, you, he didn't go till, I, and here's why I remember when Smitty went, his very first house was Roanoke. It's almost as good oh. an introduction, introduction as your introduction at Sauce and Steam was. Yeah. Huh. He must have skipped to, I don't remember then. Yeah. No, it's this, you and I this year, me, you, and Fear Skill, 23, me, you, and Smitty, 24, and then the half of the Eastern Seaboard came and stayed in my house for 25. <laughs> Let's go over the, as we usually do, what the dates and some of the t- interesting things were, times and prices. Prices... Getting a little less interesting these days. It's not like when we were doing Halloween Horror Nights 4 when it was like $7.08 right. to get in. You know, the, the prices aren't as yeah. shocking now, but they're still lower than what we're looking at this year. Exactly. Um, so let's see. Uh, the event name was, was just Halloween Horror Nights 22. They didn't really have a um, anything really to tag on to that. Uh, the catchphrase, once you're inside, there's no way out. I think, isn't that from... Uh, one of the the IPs that they did, I, I don't remember. It's kind of exactly. it makes me think, and it might just be me. It kind of makes me think of a little bit of a hint towards Walking Dead because this is the introduction of Walking Dead, and you had that uh, don't open dead inside. It's not the same, but it makes me think of that doorway for some reason. Okay, that could be. Um, there was no icon. This was the the first year in. I think the first year period there there was no icon. Yeah, once uh, it was the yeah the end of the icon era went with twenty one, and we did kind of talk about that in that episode. And mm-hmm. we don't really have one for quite a few years. Let's see. They did have a bunch of different IPs this year, as as Matt said, and we're probably gonna skip that and get into that when we go through the mazes. Uh, the dates were the twenty first through the twenty second of September, September twenty seventh through the thirtieth. October 4th through the 7th, uh, 11th through the th- 14th, the 17th through the 20th, uh, sorry, the 21st, and then the 24th through the 28th, and then they did 30, the 31st as well, which I believe is the Tuesday, uh, just because it's actually Halloween. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, and for the event guide, it's it harkens back to the IPs as well. There were three different ones, I think, based on time. Like it had the had the different dates, and it depend depend on. There was three different times they were open. It was six thirty to midnight, six thirty to one, six thirty to two, and they were all IP covers. You had the nurse from Silent yeah. Hill, you had a zombie from Walking Dead, and you had Alice Cooper. So they were all. It's like totally. Uh, Past the icon era into, I think what we've been calling up to this point the IP era. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, you're, like you're saying, uh, we were talking about before we started the record button. The ticket prices are a little um, are not as interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're you know single night, and I think we're just going to go with single night, which is eighty eight dollars and ninety nine cents, which is still compared to today a pretty damn good deal. You know, and you could get Rush of Fear passes, which were the, the I think some of the the um, weeknights were sixty nine dollars and ninety nine cents, so you know, ten bucks off, uh, ten bucks, twenty bucks off. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Um. You know, and then yeah, there were there was uh, different you know express passes, fear passes. They'd started doing a whole lot of different. Uh, you know, frequent fear and frequent fear express and, and all the pricing that we have have known to come and love now was starting to, to become prevalent this year. The, there was one interesting thing that I saw is that they had stay and scream prices. Do they still do that? No, I'm curious what that I mean, stay and scream now is where you if you have a day park pass and you're already inside the park and you go in one of the holding areas. if you with your Halloween Horror Nights ticket, your holding areas, it's not an extra charge. That is, I'm not sure if that, what are the, I, I think look this, at the prices are. This is, well, the prices are $37, $52 wow, yeah, okay. and $67. So I'm thinking these are the prices. Like if you were in the park all day and you just wanted to stay yeah, and th- go through the event, I think that was, right. that was the, the cost for you. Yeah, because I'm looking at what's really super interesting right now, this moment to me, is that the single night tickets, and now it makes sense if that's a the add-on ticket price, the um, $88.99 gated mission right now, we're still in early season, and this is 2019 for Halloween Horror Nights uh, 29, that the single night tickets, the early tickets are $67.99. Oh, wow. Yeah, how surprising is that? Now yeah. that ain't gonna stay that way, that's no. for sure. But no, but but that's interesting that if you're if you're buying that far in advance, your your ticket prices are not so bad. And actually, actually, it has the front gate price here. I just saw smaller, currently crossed out one nineteen ninety nine. Now we're talking. Now it makes work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is. Um, I, I don't know that that stay and scream. Uh, it'll be interesting in the next couple of, of episodes as we talk about different years to see if that stuck around or if that was just like a one year sort of, you know, test to see how many how many people they would get for, you know, basically walk ins that that are already in the park and and are being shooed out early for them to flip the park and you know, asking the question, well, why are we being kicked out? It's like, well, yeah. because we're turning on a new event and it's really cheap for you if you want to stay in and do the Halloween yep. thing. And I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm doing a frantic Google search. It, it certainly sounds like it's the add on ticket price. This is something you and I, luckily, with the people we know, knew and still know, we've never had to worry about because we haven't paid for a day park admission. Haven't had to, I should say. So we've never 
purchased on top oh. of of our tickets. So we're not familiar with this. And I, I I'm doing a frantic Google search and without stopping the entire show and looking. I think that that certainly sounds like what it is. And if we're wrong or right, I'm sure someone will let us know. So we'll let it go at that. Yeah, and and I think the pricing makes sense, right? Right. So Sunday yeah. Thursday at, at thirty seven bucks, and then you know Friday at fifty. 53 and and saturday was uh, 67 yeah that that certainly does make sense yeah. right because rush the rush of fear passes that the cheaper ones were, were the same price as the were actually a couple bucks more than the than the higher price of stay and scream so this all lines up with with actually the the add-on price for I'd say so. the event yep i think it's it's time for you to take us down <laughs> okay. memory lane all right so we have this is an interesting year to talk about couple reasons first of all we've got seven houses and I'll, I'll list off the names and we'll decide how we want to take our walk through this this time on our retrospective we got alice cooper welcome to my nightmare penn and teller nuked las vegas and that's ne and then in parenthetical is kd like it's been nuked in 3d gothic dead end welcome to silent hill universal's house of horrors and the walking dead dead inside now I don't know if any of that stands out to you, particularly the number. Does anything about that stand out to you as opposed to 21 right off the top of your head? No, not really. Okay. Um, it's, it, this is difficult to do a year later than our last recording. The reason I right. ask is that 21 had eight houses. This is the, I oh, think, right. in all 22 episodes of this, or 22 years that we've covered of this, this is the only time that I recall and the fact it's such a unique thing i think i'd recall it that we've ever lost a house between years yeah it's always been it's it's always been add one add one add one add one and then bam now we're walking we're we're losing one and and i think this is when oh is this when diagon alley i mean we might not have known it was diagon alley yet but the construction was coming for the new area jaws was being shut down and something was coming in its place back then that's what we knew. Yeah, that's so right. The Jaws queue line would be taken away, but that doesn't. I mean, I'm not saying that is or isn't well, it. It's there's a there's a lot of other places they could have done houses. So I'm not sure that's all it, but that might have something to do with it. But they weren't using the Jaws queue line. Oh no, they were. Of saws and steam in 21. Hmm. It it could be. I, I I'm not sure either. Um, it'd be interesting to see. But but even still, I think. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know why that would have happened. It's 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 a it's odd. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely. I believe the only time that we've talked about this has happened. So yeah, yeah I, well, to, I, I can't remember it. Right. I wanted to point that out. Three shows this year. There is Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, of course, Twenty Penny Circus, and Lagoon Show. So we have those three to talk about. Now here's. Where the year is interesting and just, uh, I don't know. I still, I mean, we're, it's seven years later. I'm not sure still how I feel about this. And it it's all over their maps and their, 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 and their marketing, at least a website. I mean, it, it, it was something that they talked about. It shouldn't have taken us by that big of a surprise, but they reinvented the, they called it now the street experiences. No st- no mapped scare zones, let's say. The scare zones we have right. come to love for 21 years do not exist this year, at least not on paper. 
Nope. And it was Roaming Hordes, and we'll, we'll talk about all of this it, it, into, well, <laughs> here's where it gets weird. Six or seven, or I'm sorry, uh, five or six Roaming Hordes, depending on how you looked at it, and one may or may not have been Roaming. This one is so, it's like the, <laughs> to pre- build up the, the preview and the preface of it was a very difficult set of notes to write. So why don't we just start with the scare zones? This is... Gotta sure. let's just get right through it. So we'll start with that. I said I already said scare zones and they don't exist. It was the roaming hordes. So it was the legions of horror, is what it was. And it was like I said, six in quotes, at least five groups that roamed around, and they were separated into uh these themes. We had vampires, beasts, warriors, prisoners, and the traditionals. And then that sixth one. Well, it's either you call them zombies or walkers or whatnot. I'm going to jump right to this one because if there was at least one street experience that could have been called a scare zone, it was this. It was this walkers or this zombies. Or if you played the game, which we're going to talk about in the end of the or during this as well, the uh, see if I can say this, the Karazans. So zombies, walkers, the Walking Dead zombies, they were based after and and made up to look like the walkers from the walking dead this was the only group that did not roam to different areas of the park this if there was going to be a one place you would pinpoint as a scare zone it was this because they were outside of the exit of the walking dead house so they didn't move yes it was part of the theming so now as far as the whole dark legion goes was it 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 Again, this is another weird thing that gets sketchy because when the marketing website went up, there was a term called Walker in that list of hordes. By the time the event started, that was taken down and only the five were listed. So, But there was never a Walking Dead scare zone announced in its place. It's a very strange year for scare zones. Strange year for scare zones and, and kind of a weird year for marketing as well. Yeah, yeah especially when you pick three very different things to center your marketing around video game, right? A singer and a TV show. Yeah. Um, it was, I, it was my second year. So I don't remember. Um, I don't remember it being a terrible event, but now that I'm like remembering the event and, and seeing the lineup here, I do remember it being, um, yeah, Oh, it's not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not disappointed, but, but but something along those lines. After seeing 21, right? Because I think 21 was was a really strong year, icon or not. You know, icon controversy or not. 21 was a really strong year for mazes and scare yeah. zones, both. And uh, you know, coming into this, uh, my second year, it was different. It was so different that I was like. I think we even had a conversation like is does does it change like this this drastically yeah. every year? Yeah. And uh yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't. It, but it also follows kind of a pattern. I, I don't think it was a pattern that was made, but you have a really big marquee year. You had 17, then you went in 18, which again, 18 wasn't a bad year, but 17 was Carnival of Carnage. 21, take the whole lady luck crap out of it. And I and I don't mean she was crap. I mean the people that talk crap about it in the argument. Let's not even worry about the argument of her with it. Like you said, the houses are super strong. So we had 22. We even had this 26 following 25. 26 was 
25 is like 25. It's it was a thing. It was a it was a silver yeah. anniversary. It was Jack the Clown was back. You had the Carnival of Carnage. 26 had a lot to live up to. Was 26 a disappointment? No, but it wasn't 25. So we're going into 22 after another big year. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So and that could be yeah. It's uh, it uh, yeah. I, like I said, it wasn't a disappointment. It was just it was one of those things where, especially the scare zones and the atmosphere was so much different to me than than the the year the twenty one year that um that it, it just felt like a really different event that from twenty one to twenty two. Yep. Yeah, if that makes sense. Well, it, and it, it's you're right. I mean, it was it, this whole roaming horse thing, this Legion of Horror. This all is. I don't want to say it all. That that's that's maybe a little too general. A lot of this was wrapped around a, an a experience, a gaming experience, both online and the park, which was really cool. But you you know, the average Joe is not going to be doing this or understand with how significant these things he's he's seeing are. So and I don't think I don't think we knew the significance when we went, did we? I knew about here's this. We'll get to this. I did know about the game online, and I did have a playing card for in in um in park, but I somewhere along the line missed something that I didn't do the full in park experience, and I'll explain. I don't I don't know how I missed it, but okay. I'll explain what I missed. Yeah. So, all right, I wanted to get that Walking Dead one out of the way because if there was a scare zone, there was a Walking Dead scare zone outside of the house or outside of the exit of the house, which is actually kind of neat to have a house empty into the same thing you just walked out of. Yeah, I agree. No. Um, they've done they've done that mm-hmm. to different degrees in the past, and I think the one year that we did go to Hollywood, Hollywood did that to a good degree with with um you know su- sort of surprise scare zones uh, exiting or entering <laughs> the, places. Yeah, when they had that kind of purge theme, yeah. I wouldn't say the whole park was purge theme, but they had multiple purge yeah. appearances. So I think uh, yeah, I think. Um, both locations have done this to to a degree in different things, and I think it worked really well with The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I think you know The Walking Dead as a uh, an IP was was fairly well designed for that kind of stuff because you know there's just yeah it, that whole zombie theme is just very very much works and very much plays into something like that. Yeah, and we weren't anywhere near well we couldn't be at Walking Dead fatigue because this was the no the first year. So this yeah, is no, new we, and exciting, and but I just and truth be told, I wasn't even watching Walking Dead then, so I just knew I saw some really cool makeup, but I didn't know what I was looking at yet. Right, and I didn't either. Um, in fact, you started watching Walking Dead before I did, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, we were both kind of like, "Oh, Walking Dead, that's a TV show, right? Right, or is it a comic, or or what is that?" <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It's both at this point. Now it's just a TV show. Right, the comic finally ended. Yeah, yeah it did. <laughs> oh, that's another discussion for another time. So, right. okay, so the Walking Dead scare zone, and I think at this point that not only do has have people probably already experienced a Walking Dead that are listening to this. If you haven't, now we're well, well into the cell phone low lighting GoPro uh video phase you can go look up what the makeup looks like i think me describing it verbally is not going to do justice to what you can actually look up these days Mm -hmm. so all right but i did agree yeah and so i did also didn't want to mention okay so the legions the idea of the legions of horror they all had their groups they also had they had their names and as far as the legion name was in the game i said it was the care uh and they also each have a symbol 
This particular symbol was a green arm, which I thought, I will say on the banner, it looks like a green arm reaching out of the grave, which makes sense for the zombies, but I think it's supposed to be something else we'll get to later. But honestly, if you were to look this up right now, if that's exactly what the banner looks like, the actual item it's based after is different, but I I think, I think that's what the look they're going for on that. All right. So now anytime during the night on the streets, you could run into these other legions. So first up, we have the vampires, also known as the Strangoids on in the game. And this was all types of vampires, all the way from the, the first on-screen Nosferatu version, all the way up to the Anne Rice, dapper, posh vampires and everything in between. I mean, you had your, your Bella Lugosi Dracula, you had kind of your own take on it. Uh, you even had just kind of a design done by the art department that's kind of carried out through the theme in Halloween Horror Nights, looking back at pictures, like your average Joe who's been bit, just, you know, maybe a woman in a wedding gown or a guy in a, in a uh, um, uh, I don't even know what, a painter's smock. I don't know why I picked that one. But my point is they have that kind of uh, now signature scowl that Universal Orlando came up with that we've seen also come across in Vampire. 55 and 85 at this time. So it's almost like their design of a vampire. It seems to possibly have started here. Yeah. it's also, uh, to me, it's reminiscent of lost boys. Oh yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I never made the connection, but that makes sense. It, it's the same type of, of sorry, sort of teenage angsty scowly, uh, scare or, or makeup for the, for the vampires. I think it always reminds me of Lost Boys anyway. It does. I'm thinking of the, the one promo pic of Kiefer Sutherland that was probably like a, a marketing photo. It, it, that's exactly that, that, that brow mm-hmm. that he had. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really put the two and two together. I'm actually, it's funny that like, well, Lost Boys has come and gone in the 80s, and now I've had more <laughs> exposure to Halloween Horror Nights than Lost Boys, and I associate it with that. Right. Um, and then they had a symbol as well uh, on their banner, and it was, it was this is a cool one. They're all this kind of like tribal, tribal, I say tribal, I, I don't know what the term of this would be. It might, that might be the wrong term I'm looking for, but I call it like a tribal pattern. That's what that arm was that I described. This one was from one perspective, depending on how your eye catches it, it either looks like a demonic vampire, like closer to a, uh, a more of a, uh, creature than a person or uh, almost like a black widow spider. It's really neat. Depending on that, it's one of those like double takes where it's like if your eye catches it one way, you're like, oh, it's a spider, and then someone sitting next to you, you go, no, it's a that's a vampire. It's a real of all the emblems I'm going to talk about. This one is by far, I think, the coolest one. Right. That but, sounds pretty cool. We have a I, I vaguely remember this. Okay. Because I because like I said, I didn't really understand what was going <laughs> yeah. on when we were there. And I will I will tell you these kind of details are more prevalent in the game. So they stick out to someone that's been right. playing the game. In fact, I still have my game card that has all six of these symbols on the back of it. So I can pick it up and look at it right now if I knew where the hell I kept it. So <laughs> so another group that wandered around, or another, I'm sorry, they want, they, they, uh, I just messed it up. They roamed, they roamed, they didn't wander. So another one was the Cerebins, and these were the Beast. And Beast is the key word here. You had like, 
ogre, big oafish looking ogres. You had kind of like these man beasts, not quite werewolf because we saved there is a werewolf presence in the park this year. So not exactly a wolfman werewolf, but you kind of had like the, like the, like a cat man or this amphibious looking creature. Um, ogres and animals was the key the the animal creatures if you haven't seen them and can't find a picture online it's they're not terribly different than some of the creature designs in island of dr moreau the val kilmer movie that mm-hmm. kind that kind of cross between man and beast right i remember seeing um i, I mean i remember the hordes or, or the the roaming groups right um I, like i said i just didn't remember that they, they had this epic backstory to each one of them <laughs> yeah. So their symbol, it was yellow in that same kind of tribal-esque pattern. Uh, it was more of a, a kind of a wolf's head, more of an animal head than a human head. So it was a profile or dead on profile, no, profile side, a dead on uh, forefront. I'm not sure what you call that angle of a head. Uh, looking straight at the animal. He had like the ears and the long snout and you can see its eyes. So another cool, all the designs are cool, but I did kind of, I kind of let off with the best one, the vampires. So another roaming horde. This was the warriors or the mechanoids or dragon warriors, depending on where you saw the warriors. This one, and well, this one, I'll explain. <laughs> I was gonna say this was my favorite, but I'll explain why. Um, it was these uh, this Asian warrior group. They had um, these uh, face masks that covered like from the bridge of their nose down to their neck, down to the f- top of their shoulders, front of their chest and back and then they had um kind of like the the uh oh i don't like the the very loose pants silk pants like a like the a, a kung fu type uniform would be like the wide leg so they could move around really quick and then they covered their body the the every a bit of their skin that was exposed with tattoos like the yakuza but i think it was a chinese theme so it was like the yakuza idea but it was in the chinese um script and yeah yeah yeah, it was really cool and they were weaponized and some had swords but a lot of them had the uh naganadas which you don't see much around like as in movies or anything else that was cool and it's taken us so long to do this episode that also in my notes i had the words written or nagita like taco from the league calls it (laughs) and i had to look it up and the last episode of the league aired in 2015 so if Ouch. anyone but you gets that reference, I'll be surprised. Right. And actually, when I saw that, I was like, I want to see that. And I looked up the Nagita song, and it's still online. <laughs> Nagita, Nagita. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, their symbol. This was a dragon. It was a purple dragon. I mean, it was a flat-out dragon. It still had the same style as all the others, but this was one that was, there's no question what it had looked like. So that was... That was another cool design. That's the that's the one that was, uh, I think, drawn to the most because you know dragons. Dragons are cool, mm. in my opinion. Dragons are cool. Yeah. Now the Massachorians or the prisoners. One guess what these were. It's something that has to be there every year, no matter how you. Yeah, this was it. the chainsaw <laughs> drill team. Yes, it is. Yep. Chainsaw drill team. Yes. And this was a, I don't know if this was the first year. I know it's not the only year, and it's certainly not the last year because I've seen it since then, but it was an all women's chainsaw drill team this year. Right. And yep. 
and they were in our and it was the prisoners was the the key to the theme they they were in prison outfits that had various different types of makeup some were bloodied some were i, I want to say zombie yes but they weren't zombies because we had the walking dead zombies but like the sunken eyes and they highlighted their cheekbones so it was kind of like the kind of kind of like maybe maybe more the up on crack for the past 10 days was the look they're going for i'm not quite sure <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe it you know if it's not a zombie and so yeah. and a lot of them i think just was an open this i think the group alone because it was the idea was prisoners they had chainsaws their costumes were set i think it was like an open palette for the makeup team it's like okay i'll take a few minutes on this one it's like oh crap i've got two minutes left let me just you know hit these next three with the airbrush real quick i think i think they had yep. a pretty open open uh a range of what they could do to the makeup on these because the important part was of course that the chainsaws were working if the chainsaws weren't working yeah. then yeah, it was all downhill from there there's no point and then uh their symbol it was an orange scorpion in that whole same style and then last but not least it's, it's actually the the orange scorpion one i think is probably my favorite looking symbol that one is it's a nice yeah it was uh, i would say that one and a dragon are my two favorite yeah, it's very contrast. The contrast of the orange and the muted uh, sort of brown background, I think, is really, really cool. Yeah. But um, so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good. So last in the six or the the five, what, the six. There's six because there were six different characters. The Morphins, and this is the traditional. And this is, but if there were scare zones, these are the characters that would have been under the tree-lined area that's always halloween yeah. themed it's the pumpkin head it's the scarecrows it's the witches and it's the creepy ass fucking trick-or-treating kids that always just give me chills when i see them Ugh, they're the creepiest mm. characters in the history of halloween hard nights those damn trick-or-treating kids <laughs> especially the one year they had the uh, astronaut kid with the bloody mask and you couldn't see it inside his helmet. oh yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so as as we were talking, I did some some Googling and the Halloween Horror Nights wiki, which is, uh, let's see, HalloweenHorrorNights.Fandom.com. Oh, yes, yes, is, I know it. Yep. Uh, they, they actually have a really good write-up on the Legions of Horror, and they've got all of the uh, symbols in, in really nice, like the icons are really nice, the pictures are really big. And they've got these sort of um, family trees for each one of the... the um, uh, groups that that kind of um, that kind of goes over the the uh, I think the inspirations for all of the makeup and all of the characters and all of that kind of stuff like for the Strangoit you know it's like Vlad Tepes Nosferatu Bride of Dracula um, let's see what else is here um, uh, the Skull Dancers the Sirens you know just that that kind of stuff and where from what parts of of different uh lore they've pulled things from to kind of build that group um so it's it's pretty cool i suggest people uh if you're interested take a look at at um that wiki and take a look at those pictures they're, they're really neat yeah yes so is that yeah that is the the morphins were the last one so that was the roaming hordes which again they were scattered around the park i Want to say the long, the deeper I got into the season, the more common it was to find them at specific places. It's almost like they went from roaming, just lapping the entire park to getting stationed into the park and kind of falling back into scare zones in the end of everything. Might be imagine my imagination just might be where I ran into them, but it kind of 
felt like that memory is is what I'm remembering happening. And that was my kind of remem- uh, memory as well, is that they, they kind of, because I think I went fairly late that year, and by the time I went, they kind of established themselves into the part of the park that worked best for them. And, uh, you know, I think they were realizing that, that this grand experiment not quite working the way they'd they'd anticipated it would work and you know kind of already moving them back into you know what it was yeah so there was one more element to this outside of the game that that's another huge element one as far as characters went there were the iniquitous and there was six of that well there's five because i don't think the walkers had one so i'm gonna say there's five of them and these were these were the I don't know if you would call them the leaders. They were the, their storyline with that, that they were the first to rise from the grave and then they would summon all of their legions after they rose. So they, I guess they were the first, I don't know if they actually led them point is they were stilt walkers. They were all in dark robes. They all had some form of a skeletal mask. And then they each had some kind of symbolism for their legion. Like one had a reaper staff. Another had this gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous wing, uh, black feathered wings on their backs that's probably my favorite one another had a um like uh horns and and eyes glowing i believe they were for the beast there's another one that had this staff that was almost like this fucked up dream catcher on the top of it it was each one had their leading so you had your stilt characters there was one with each legion as they roamed cool yeah yep so it's yeah, it's it was different, man. And putting the notes together this and, and presenting it, I didn't know how we we're gonna do it. And I'm glad we got it out of the way first because honestly, this is this is this doesn't feel talking about the <laughs> scare zones like this doesn't feel right because we've always done let's walk over to here and here. Oh, well, well, we are we're walking through this. That, that was impossible to do putting these notes together because of the idea of what they did this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So from there, we can actually start walking into things. As weird as that sounded. <laughs> yes. So do we want uh, to? Now we do have two shows, and we're, we'll want to split this episode up into two. So do we want to? Let's, yeah, let's hit the shows today, and okay. then uh, you know the next the next show we'll we'll, we'll do uh, the haunted houses. I mean, it's kind of reverse of what we it normally is. do, but if uh, we want to get those but I think it'll work. out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know well, what? Just, they changed stuff up this year. We're changing stuff up for this episode. How's that? Right, and since it's been so goddamn long, we're rewriting the rules. <laughs> that was way too defiant for me to, <laughs> to say it like that. All right, well, let's get to Twenty Penny Circus because obviously Bill and Ted's the show, the uh, marquee yeah. show here. This was cool. I was very surprised to see this because it was um, what I'm about to, the effect I'm going to give Twenty Penny Circus. It's two performers, and they specialize in entertainment for those of questionable taste. So what's surprising is these two guys are still performing. I mean, not, not saying they, they can't perform. It's, it's, I found it surprising that a duo act of this kind of illusion slash sideshow slash punk rock nature are still together seven years later performing under the same name. That's what I find surprising. I'm not surprised they're still performing. I'm surprised they're still performing under the same name and the same uh, act name. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah. So now this particular show, it did have three hosts because you had a third host that kind of tied everything together. And this was a young lady. And I'd say any attendee of the modern era of Halloween Heart Eights is going to recognize this lady by chance. 
<laughs> yeah, you got the hint. <laughs> yeah, well, I knew he, I knew you were talking about it, yeah. and then I was just like, oh, 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 right, yeah, uh huh. That was the best way I could write that joke. So, all right, so like I said, it's kind of an illusion slash stunt slash sideshow type performance, and they had some audience volunteers in it. And without and and now we're we're into the years where these second shows past Bill and Ted there there's various copies online so you can see them. But I'll tell you what they did in case you're just didn't want to look it up. So first it started off with a glass walking. Uh, I don't say bit, but I mean it was he was walking on broken glass. And then he had yeah. they had the um, someone in the audience pick a number. I think it was from one to five. And this this particular audience member said four and then that's how many times this guy jumped and i mean jumped like a foot in the air off the glass and back on like four times uh, that oh yeah that was cringeworthy i was like oh i mean i know it's yeah. a, there's a whole thing to it a whole training to it but i wouldn't know where to start i i'd like to see that done on legos actually oh come on don't be cruel <laughs> that's true I mean, broken glass is one thing but <laughs> but legos, legos no. yeah. Oh, that was followed up with a bringing another volunteer up on the stage. And we had the um, hammering a nail in. The, I, I even just saying it, I clenched my jaw, hammering a nail up the nostril. Oh, I can't even, oh, get, the, yeah. I can't even uh, get the sentence out. That has always been uncomfortable for me to watch. That's been around for, I mean, you can find black and white silent video of this being done at sideshows. And it's just, I can't watch it. It's just, oh yeah not not for me either yes so and then followed by the marking a coin swallowing it and then regurgitating it but not this with a twist not just from his stomach with a bunch of other coins he had had regurgitated the non-marked coins and managed to get the other one back up and up through his nasal passage and out his nose i can't do nose stuff nose stuff just uh Noses are for breathing. Yeah, I know. And then if you're really sick, cleaning out. But that's it. When I've when I've jumped in the water and hit it wrong and got a real good shot of water up my nose, that is that is like that's more than enough for me to just be super uncomfortable and I wouldn't say like in a massive amount of pain, but it's such a discomfort that I can't imagine anything worse than water up my nose. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Ugh. Yes. So then that was kind of like the first half of the show before that's the first, I'd say the first act second act was a thing called the naked mentalist. And this was one of those things where it was um, each, each guest you had uh, like someone had a dollar bill and he guessed the serial numbers on the end of that. And another one, they had a um, volunteer would pull a a card from a deck. It was actually a, a flashcard deck, not a, not a, uh, playing card deck and he had activities on it he had to guess what the activity was on but the the fun part about this was that every time the mentalist the naked mental he, he was up there naked except with a box that was around his waist every time he'd reach down for something a prop for the bit he'd reach right in front of him and so that was the joke and, and then in the end there's a really good punchline in the end of the one volunteer that sat next to him for the guest of the activity he says i have something for you and he reached down and he said put your arm out and he slapped a wrist uh, one of those bracelets that slap bracelet around it is it's official yeah. 20 20 penny circus bracelet that i just wore which was funny <laughs> considering where he got it from yes right so you know is the it certainly fell into the uh um <laughs> the spirit of halloween horror nights 
Uh, third act had a, a Russian roulette nail gun. This was just, I, I, I'm going to say, I remember this being lackluster and watching the video of it again. It's still lackluster. It's this woman uh, volunteer. And this one I saw recently was there's four guns. She had to shuffle them up and there's a staple gun. And then she, she would call out which one to the, the one performer to pick and, try to shoot his partner with and it the it would escalate in parts of bodies he'd shoot the the staple gun it was a nail gun a staple gun with with uh it started i think with his hand then the side of his neck then his temple and then finally the fourth one they proved that had staples in it but it's like it's a mechanics illusion obviously there's a safety trigger or some kind of second trigger that it doesn't matter what one is what one will shoot, you know, hit, h- yeah. shooting it one way will shoot take uh, staples. The other one will not. So it, that's doesn't take a lot to figure that out, especially this day and age. Oh, maybe that's the problem too. It's also, I'm watching it seven years later, but I kind of remember it being a little lackluster for a third act show of the show back when I saw it. So then the grand finale, the final act, they, one performer was tied up with ropes. The other was in a straitjacket, and they did a race to see who could get loose first. And then the loser had to go in the guillotine. And then this is the, this, I don't know if they planned this, but it always, it made me laugh when I saw it. And it makes me laugh revisiting it. They ended the show with the loser doing the guillotine trick that I forget what magician made it, who invented it for Alice Cooper, who is has a freaking house in the park this year. You know, it's like right, I don't right. know if they did it on purpose as an homage to him, or if it's just an you know unfortunate timing thing that they both do the joke or both have the joke. Not the joke <laughs> they both have the illusion, and they just happen to be both booked that year. It's very, it's 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 funny. It's funny that that is this happens the year Alice Cooper house is in the park. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And but yeah, it's twenty pennies. It, it was a good show. I mean, it was it was a good show. It was just uh, it wasn't very long either, if I remember right. Nah, it was like twenty minutes. It was like the uh, it was at on the Beetlejuice Graveyard show or uh, yeah, Graveyard Review. So it was about the same length as the Rocky Horror the years before. Yep. So it was, an, it was it was a crowd eater. You know, you got some people off the crowd. You got to oh, sit yeah. down for twenty minutes, which is a luxury yeah. at Halloween Horror Nights. Sometimes, yes. yeah. <laughs> so. I usually don't tend to. It, it's there's nothing wrong with magic. Don't get me wrong. They just it's it's not my thing. And this one was a little different than that. It's like there's no real magic to walking and jumping on top of broken glass, or even if it was fake, just the idea still made me cringe. So it was a different experience than a illusion, just a illusionist trick or a performance. Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, the big show, the 21st Bill and Ted for 2012, starts out, well, if you really want to go out to the very beginning, starts out the same as all of them. We get the Fail Army videos, but we start with the rules, and it's done different than any other year, and I believe the, or any year so far, I should say, I believe any other year as well, we get a song and it's a parody of Fun's We Are Young, and they're explaining the the rules as they're printing the words on the screen, but not like, you know, left to right. It's it's They're popping up all over the place. The only thing I can compare it to was Weird Al's word, word crime videos. Now, it wasn't as stylized, oh. but it was like that. Like, everything he was saying was popping up on screen. 
word was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But um, so I went and looked to see if that's what their video was, and it's not not anywhere near it. I mean, it is a performance video. So I was like, okay. So I don't, and All I right. didn't think to check when Word Crimes came out. So I don't know who did it first, uh, Halloween Horror Nights or Weird Al. That's going to be a discussion for another time. <laughs> so I didn't think to check that. But the We Are Young stanza was We'll Get Dumb. And there was um, one su- big surprise in this. They got to the loud noises, explosions, and strong language warning. And then right when that that part of the song stopped, there was a huge explosion over to the right of the stage. And the building that's always been always been an explosion every show because it's it's a it was it was a straight up barn and wild wild west show it's kind of a uh, a new facaded but still barn for fear factor always an explosion this may be the first time we got the explosion before the show actually starts now i think about that too right because we didn't get this the ex- another explosion there for the rest of the no, show we this, don't. that was the only one right <laughs> we yeah. well we get like we get a Mm. We get a jet air explosion on that stage, but it's not the explosion. There's always the explosion. Everyone knows the mm-hmm. explosion is Bill, Bill and Ted. It wasn't that. Yeah. And okay. when that, when that explo- explosion was done and the smoke soared, sort of kind of started to clear the um, viral video of, hey, no one got time for that. The character, well, mm-hmm. an actress came out playing the character, but she was lip syncing the actual it's audio track from the viral video, the whole thing, the, the asthma, the fire, the smoke, and ain't no one got time for that. So that was, uh, <laughs> this is the, at first I think we're off to a strong start, but as we're going to see very soon, uh, that's about the start and end of most of my pop culture reference understandings in this year's Bill and Ted. Well, I think um, one of the things that they did do in the last few years and i think starting even then probably was was some of the viral stuff um they started ripping on it and as we talk about i you know when we talk about them when we're doing the shows uh right after we've done the event 25 and on where we've talked about 25 uh, right after 25 and talking about 26 right after 26 they hit and they're good but when we're talking about them in retrospect some of those are just kind of like Ooh, that's that's really dated. I, I barely remember that meme. <laughs> and you know, ooh, that's that, that's that was a thing, right? Ooh. Yeah, it's it's um it's funny that we're in a new age of a really really strong age of nostalgia. I mean, we got Star Wars is back, Picard's coming up. There's a new Top Gun. There's now the um, ain't no one got time for that. Has been turned from a viral video into a GIF without the right. without the uh, dialogue. So that's now we're in an age of recycling memes again but in a different format. So whatever's next after a gif or gif, I'm not going to get into that argument. We'll probably see it again. Yeah. Oh, I mean I, and that's a I mean I guess that's kind of the point I'm getting at is like no, okay. some of these things are just kind of lame, right? Like like you look back at at what the the references are and it's like oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How did that go viral, you yeah. know? Might also have but, something uh, to do with the fact that we waited five years to get this episode done, and it's coming back now as a thing. But that's that's another discussion. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so but. after after that, we get a few more. Actually, we get the stanza. I think the warnings are completely done. And then the last lyric of the song is "We will rock you tonight." And then we start with what is always from af- after my very first to Bill and Ted every year without fail when the stomp stomp clap. 
echoes out through that auditorium, I always get either chills or my hair hair stands on my arm stands up. It's like that is the true start of you got the fail army, you have the warning, but when We Will Rock You plays, now the show is really starting. Yep. Yeah, and that's when the hotties come out. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Actually, I got not, you. Well, soon, soon, real soon. First, the very first thing we get after We Will Rock You is a Mayan chief comes out, and he's out to usher in the end of the Mayan calendar because it's 2012, and it's the end of the yep. world and all. Let's not forget that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And that was also a movie. Was that a movie? I want to say it was John Cusack, but I think that was another one, but it doesn't even matter. That no, wasn't that I wasn't either. the reference. So it was it was just the fact that people were were taking two thousand even the idea of two thousand twelve being the end of the world because of the Mayans had said so centuries upon centuries ago and and doomsday prepping for it all the way back then. Right. Although you know I take that more seriously than I ever took Y two K. Y two K the best. I mean, at least the, the Mayans may have had, had like alien influence, and that was when the aliens were coming back and going. You know, if you haven't smartened up by then, we're just going to blow up your fucking planet. <laughs> yeah, the greatest yeah, that, ever. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was more believable than what the Y two K ever was to me. <laughs> the greatest commentary on Y two K ever, as as is the greatest commentary with many things they do, is Simpsons, and I believe it was a Treehouse of Horror. Speaking of Halloween, so it still kind of fits. And when when the year two thousand hit and everything started to fall apart, the planes that would fall out of the sky but fall directly down, they wouldn't glide down. Right. They'd stop where they were, fall down. Homer pulling a carton of milk out of the refrigerator and it exploding and things like that. The greatest commentary on that was definitely the Simpsons. Oh God. <laughs> so, and, and it was just like, you know, people were talking about like elevators and shit like that. And I'm like, you know, if the date rolls and it rolls into, you know, 1971 again, an elevator doesn't give a shit what year it is really. <laughs> right. It's just going to go up and down, you know, like, yeah, it or- was, Worst comes to worst, it's not going to do either, because if there is a technology in the buttons that makes it go up and down, it's not going to understand what that button registered, and nothing's going to happen. Right. It's not going to launch you at rocket speeds out of the top of the building. Oh, no. no. It might crash. That'd be awesome. And then somebody will have to come and reboot it, and and then it'll be 1971, and nobody's going to care. Yeah. There's- <laughs> the, only, the only reason it was a real scare, you know why it was a real scare, right? Well, no, not, I probably don't know exactly what you're going to say. Uh, well, okay. So it was a banking scare. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bank- okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I do. Oh, yeah. I do know. Yeah. And the banks wanted to make it scary for everyone so that people would fix the fucking banking <laughs> yeah. software immediately. Right. Because they, they stood to lose a lot of money and a lot of people stood to lose a lot of money. So that was the big reason for the Y2K scare. Yes. Yeah, that I did understand because I was an accountant back then. So we had, we were, we were the only really, oh man, I'm sure this is just thrilling people to no end this story, but that was, we were the only department in the company I worked for that was actually doing anything because nothing else really mattered. It's like, I think we can figure like, like everybody else was like, I think we can figure out that, you know, when our, when our calendars say, oh, one, that it's not 1901, we're, we're good. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, so where were we? Oh, Mayans, end of the world. Okay, not only this, this is a this is a great bit too, and 
this is the start of the pop culture where I'm starting to think, wait a minute, maybe I'm too old for Bill and Ted, but it's still a good bit. Not only was it the end of the year and the, or the year for the end of the world, but it was the last year for a Twilight movie to come out. So the Mayans had shown their 2012 calendar, which featured images from Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> Uh, sparkles and all. Yeah. <laughs> now we can make what we do in the shadows episode one references. Since oh, we, since we waited yes. so long to do this. I want to get yes, exactly. sparkle like the twilight. <laughs> that was fucking great. <laughs> so to wrap up this ushering in celebration, at the end of the world, the Mayan chiefs calls for singing and dancing. And we get our opening dance number, which you had, of course, called out just a few yeah. sentences ago. So a few sentences. That was like an entire fucking rattle ago. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Um, okay. Now at this point, I do want to point out, actually, I do need to point, I need to point out, or the story doesn't make any sense that the set this year is a San Dimas high school. Very simple set lockers on the left lockers on the right double door in the middle, but prominently above those doors, San Dimas high school. And that comes into play right now because we find out that this whole Mayan thing was actually a performance from the fourth period history class and their study of Mayan culture. And we learned that from the school principal, Principal Dingleberry. And then he announces, now the final presentation of the day is from Bill and Ted, and it's called Bill and Ted's Excellent Kick-Ass Presentation on Why America is the Most Triumphant Kick-Ass Country. And there we have it. <laughs> and I, I actually want- like this. I, I like this um, setup because it, it- it goes right back to the source material, right? The TV show or right. the TV show, the movie. <laughs> um, it goes right back to the movie. And I mean, that's really, you know, the birth of Bill and Ted was that that whole thing in the auditorium. And they had to do their their demonstration and all that stuff. And it was just, it was it, their, it's a nice. Yeah, it was their history project. I, want to, I don't know if it was paper or project, but that's yeah, why they had brought everybody in. You're right. Yep. You know what? I didn't even make that connection. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and so that's why I'm like, I'm like, no, you know, the setup for this one, I'm good with that. I, I don't think we've ever actually talked about the setup for the, 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 they've done this before. And it's like, to me now, it's all so obvious. Why wouldn't you just mind the movie? <laughs> right. You know? That's true. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me, but you're right. It, which is, yep. um, well, let's get into the end. I mean, there's a direct, a direct reference, but modernized at the end, but. There's a few actually in this one. There, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. There's um. They start off by they have their presentation. We actually we hear their voices before we see them, and they start by noting off that it's an election year, and then we get a back and forth of did you say erection versus election bit, <laughs> and then they start listing <laughs> off some things. They're always funny. Yeah, well, of course they are. <laughs> yes, they start listing off some things that make America the most kick ass, which include freedom, Van Halen. Bill's stepmom, Missy, and Abe Lincoln. Ooh, you know? Abe Lincoln, just to name a few. <laughs> I just throw it in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the best thing that makes America kick ass is that Bill and Ted have their very own Halloween show every year. And then that's when they come out and the crowd goes nuts. And they start to do their, I am Bill S. Preston Esquire, and I am Ted Theodore. And I don't think he gets, I don't even think it's theater out because, or Theodore, not theater, theater out. Until uh, because Principal Dingleberry actually interrupts this, and he interrupts it. Just I don't know if angrily is the right word. He he interrupts 
citing that they're out of time. There's a lot of work to do because there's a lot of changes that he has to take care of and a lot of things that have to be changed in the school. And Bill immediately complains of the coming changes. And Principal Dingleberry says, if you don't like how things run in the school, why don't you run for class president and make some changes yourself? And that plants the seed for the story of this show. Bill takes the idea, Ted seconds it, and then the principal kind of turns to Ted and tells him, you know what, you'd make a good president too. And Bill and Ted start to talk about how they should run for president as Bill and Ted president. Principal Dingleberry explains, no, only one of you can be who volunteers. And then enters Katniss Dean exclaiming, I volunteer from, that's Hunger Games, right? Yep. See, I have to ask because this is the second big pop culture reference that I have not seen, if you count mm. Twilight being the big one. Really? I actually didn't mind the Hunger Games. It seems like something I like, and I just never got to it. I that, wasn't It's it's worth it's worth a watch. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at at how good it actually is. Yeah. I I've, I've never I've been I haven't not I haven't avoided it for any reason. I just haven't gotten to All it. Right. Oh, I get it. Maybe there's next, a lot of things I haven't gotten yeah. to either. So <laughs> maybe it might be one of those ones I uh, I download on the cheap from iTunes on my next uh, uh, or next time you're here, we get really drunk. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, throw it on on the screen, and because I think I own it, I, I really enjoyed it. It's YA stuff, but it's you know among the better YA stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta be drunk enough to watch a Kevin Costner movie. Anything's possible. This is true, and you even enjoyed it. <laughs> I did, despite it being a Kevin Costner movie. Right. Oh, so now we get we get to the moment where both Bill and Ted are trying, still trying to decide, but now they're not deciding who's like who should. It's who's going to because they both want it. And during their conversation, you kind of miss the, each other's points because every breath break they take, Katniss Dean, I volunteer. I volunteer. I volunteer over and over and over and over again. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So conflict is set. Bill and Ted both want want to run. Katniss wants to volunteer. And we get now (laughs) we it's it's almost like it's between Bill and Ted having to part ways and Katniss having to get off the stage. We get our first run of some very Odd interstitials based after Mad Men. And yeah. th- and this is another show I I didn't watch. And again, nothing, not avoiding it. Just you can't watch everything. Now, it was in pop culture enough. I knew Mad Men was a thing. I recognized the look. I recognized the theme. And um, Treehouse of Horrors did a parody, so that helped. Sure. But, um, um, but I, I, I'm the same way. Like, I eh, did not, I did not catch the Mad Men wave when it, when it hit TV and it was always on the thing uh, on my list of, Oh, I, you know, I really should probably watch that. That looks actually really interesting. And everybody said everything is good and the, the awards they won and yada, 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 yada. And I just never watched it. Yeah, me too. So even with some knowledge of it, I, here's the bit. And then I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about where I'm going with this. So it's said you get a voiceover saying, saying now we something the effect of now we present mad men's don draper working as a high school teacher and we get a spotlight of him with a young schoolgirl, and she says hi mr draper and he says hi jenny and slaps her on her ass and then the principal comes out and goes you're fired and that's it now 
I mean, <laughs> now is it that I'm not laughing at it because I don't know Don Draper well enough? I get the idea as a womanizer, or is it just maybe just an such an odd thing that it's like, wait, what? And by the time I adjusted, it was over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that I don't know. I agree. Yeah, what you said. I volunteer. Yeah, I volunteer. <laughs> so it doesn't matter because that's over. It's like it's almost as interstitial to make sure we can reset to the next scene, which we do. And now we get a bit of just Bill. He comes back into the school. He runs into Chris Brown, and I think he taps him on the shoulder. And Chris Brown turns around and and slugs him like right in the face, which is <laughs> he had a propensity to hit people. In fact, that's what this bit is about. Um, right. He he talks to Chris. He's tr- talking to him about running for president. Then Rihanna comes out. I don't think they actually ever say her name, but that was oh the one. That was the whole. God. That was the one with the whole Chris Brown domestic yeah. violence thing. And she like like I hate him. I love him. I hate him. And that's the, again. I'm already blowing the lead on the bit. Rihanna starts warning Bill about Chris Brown, and then one of the Men in Black, actually Agent K from Men in Black, show up. He arrives to specifically neuralize Chris Brown. And so when he holds up the little neuralizer and it's about to hit it, Chris Brown takes a swing at him and he, he, he ducks, but he ducks by doing a 180 and neuralizes Rihanna. And now Rihanna forgets everything that ever happened and falls in love with Chris Brown again, which actually explains a lot. Mm. If that would really yeah. happen. Yeah. That explains quite a lot actually, <laughs> but it's still a, it's kind of a cringeworthy bit. No. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And I don't know if, uh, you know, these are things. These are things I probably looked up and had in my mind when I made the notes. But I don't know what if there was a Men in Black that year. Mm, I don't know when three came out. I don't know when two came out. Let's see, Men in Black two thousand twelve. Yeah, Men in Black three. So that makes perfect sense. There you go. I would yep. do it. Yeah. Now was it the Josh Brolin or Tommy Lee Jones agent K? Had to be Josh. Uh, Brolin. Josh Brolin, I think. Okay, I agree. I volunteer. so now uh agent k declares this is a someone this is terrible someone needs to stop him and oh i I keep blowing the joke because katniss dean arrives saying i volunteer like i just joked and she (laughs) she ends up actually knocking him out cold and they all drag chris brown off in out out of the off the stage and now ted comes in i'd pay money to see that in real life Uh, yeah right (laughs) katniss dean knock out chris brown would, just anybody now came out and drag him off with by his heels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now Ted arrives and he is talking to a pregnant Snooky from Jersey Shore. Yeah. Uh, no idea what that is. I guess she was pregnant at the time then. I don't I know who Snooky is. I know who I think the situ make the situation. I don't know what his last name is. I know who Oh, I don't know. I know the other girl, what she looks like. I know them all from like celebrity editions of other shows, not from Jersey Shore. Like, okay. Yeah, like Celebrity Cooking Face Off or Celebrity Family Feud or Celebrity Hunger Games. I know them all from that, but I don't know them from Jersey Shore. <laughs> celebrity Hunger Games. That's actually not bad. <laughs> right. I'd pay to watch that too. <laughs> so I'm going to guess she was pregnant at the time, or else the joke is, um, well, I guess it could work either way. Guess it doesn't really matter. The point is, while Ted's giving her the pitch about wanting to be class president, her water breaks. She goes off stage. She has the baby off stage and then launches the baby in the air. This this really happened. And um, 
Ted caught it. He's like, hey, this baby has abs, which I think is a Mike the Situation, what's his name reference. And then the ending joke was the baby, was Ted holding the baby facing towards him and the baby saying, daddy, with a Jersey Shore accent. Ted runs screaming, which is the correct that, response. That's not a bad gag. Yeah, no, it's not. And it's like I said, it's, it's the correct response. Right. So. Mad Men Interstitial number two. We get the music and the spotlight, and it's Don Draper as a school bus driver, and he says he has a hard time driving the school bus without spilling his scotch, and he's fired. Okay. I knew that <laughs> much about Mad Men that he liked to drink. Yeah. Uh, yes. So then we go into, of all the pop culture things I said I don't recognize, I recognize this 100% and more if you could if that was a thing it is a shot at those god awful zoe de chanel apple siri commercials remember those oh god yes <laughs> she'd be like like it's raining let's dance yeah. I, oh. I don't know why my zoe de chanel sounds like buffalo bill but there you go <laughs> This is one of those, it's, um, that, that commercial really, it's a commercial because I like her. Uh, there's not, a <laughs> I whole, actually do too. There's not a whole lot she's in that I don't like. And she was like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I thought she did a really good job. That was a movie that like I've huh? been waiting for my whole life. And I know opinion is more than divided and I'm on the minority end of that, but I like that movie and I like her and I like, I, I, like I said, there's not much I don't like her in except this fucking commercial. This commercial is awful. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they had Samuel L. Jackson doing the same type of commercial at the same amount of time. And I, I, you know, I like Samuel. Well, no, that's not true. I, I like Samuel L. Jackson in almost everything. Right. Yeah. But in, in that commercial and Star Wars, he sucked. <laughs> it's it's the Siri commercial. It's most of it, if not all of it. But and it starts off with it's it starts off exactly in the way I wanted the commercial to play out after the first time I saw it. And she's like. So, uh, yeah, Zoe's like, Siri, is that, is that rain? And Siri's like, why don't you look outside yourself, you dumb bitch? Yeah. And then it just keeps unfolding after that. And then finally, Siri has enough of her and she launches her missile something app. I forget the exact name. And she <laughs> kills Zoe. And we get an explosion on that stage. But like I said, it's an air jet explosion from the floor. It's not the explosion. Right. So we get more of the air jet and the sound effect of an explosion. So yes, oh, I was that was that was the most satisfying moment of this Bill and Ted for me because good God did I want to do that every time those commercials came on. Yeah, they were they were not a good series of commercials. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I mean, you know, Apple did, did some has done a lot of really good commercials. I think they they take um, they try to take as much care with their commercials as they do with their products, and sometimes they're successful. And yeah. Sometimes, oof. yeah, Ouch. yeah, not all gonna be, yeah, not all, not always gonna work. And this one just, just, oh. yeah, that campaign. That, you're right, the whole campaign, and it's, it's. I don't think it was just Zoe Deschanel and Sam Jackson, but those are the two. That no, stand there's out. a few others. Yeah, because those are the two that stand out because she was hers was so awful, and he was like, like yelling at Siri the whole time. He, yeah. he wasn't angry, yeah. but just his delivery was so coarse. Yeah. So I, those are the ones I remember, the bad ones. And that is not how you want a campaign ad to be remembered. No, 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 no. I agree. Um, 
Yeah, it is what it was. Anyway, so yes, back to Bill and Ted. So Bill's back out now on stage, and very shortly after he's out there, Tom Cruise from Rock of Ages arrives. Yeah, there was that was a thing. Right? There was a musical of Rock of Ages that became a movie that starred Tom Cruise. That that really happened in our lifetime. Yep, <laughs> and he's here to host the Miss princess pageant and we get three contestants and it's three versions of snow white we get the once upon a time tv snow white we get the snow white and huntsman snow white and then we get the disney animated snow white which is actually pretty funny to point out that there's so many of this one character coexisting i mean the the animated one's perennial but the other two are the movie and the tv show at the same time that was that was clever sure but then the punchline was when he revealed the winner, it ended up being Honey Boo Boo. And I'm like, that's, you know, I know, I know Bill and Ted is meant to, to paradise pop culture, but I just wish that's, that's, that's someone I, at the time. And well, maybe I don't even know if it's a thing now, but at the time I was like, just, can we stop giving that attention? Right. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Again, it fails. It, what I said at the beginning, it fails me every time I see how badly we actually give the wrong <laughs> people the, uh, the attention that they get. Like it's just ugh, stop yeah. giving stupid people a platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the stage clears again, and now Ted is arriving, but he doesn't come from outside. He comes from the, the walk. There's a everyone knows Bill and Ted. There's a very long walkway in front of the Fear Factor stage. He's coming out on that stage, spotlight on. And he's got Barack Obama with him, and we're kind of well, joined him in the middle of their conversation. And he's thanking Barack for helping him with his campaign. Once that conversation is wrapping up towards the tail end, Bill enters from the other side from the actual stage. And he's with Mitt Romney, which I totally forgot. This was a a, a a debating duo, I guess you'd say. It's like, whoa, that's you know, going through these notes five years later. I'm like, holy shit, wow! And to to think that that was actually a laughing point. Back <laughs> that was then. yes, I know. You know, and now it's like, oh god, if only we could have candidates like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a shame Bill and Ted isn't still around for many reasons, but for the most, the biggest reason oh is that we God. can't have uh, a uh, President Camacho on stage anytime soon. Camacho out on coming out on his motorcycle with an AK. Is it? I don't know. It doesn't matter what kind of machine gun it was. It was a very large gun that he shot to yeah. shut everybody up. It was awesome. Oh it boy, totally was awesome. <laughs> Which I can't wait till you guys when you guys. Quint's working on a project called Office Face Minute, which is kind of the Mike Judge Minute, and you're going to eventually yeah. get into Idiocracy Minute, and I can't wait for those minutes. I might have to uh, uh, maybe, maybe oh, we'll have you on. I was going to say, insist as the uh, administrator of the network. Uh, those are the minutes I would like to appear on. Oh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll have you on for whatever fucking minutes you want to be on. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I just love, and then yeah. it's it's a here, here we go off topic again. But what the hell? What else is new? It didn't take five years for us. That's why it took us five years. We're always off topic. Exactly. It's the, his opening line to his his State of the Union is great. Shit. I mean, that is <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part of that though is that it's on the teleprompter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh man. 
Camacho. <laughs> like every curse word and everything is on his teleprompter. It's just, it's amazing. Yep. Oh, so like I had referenced before that rat hole, this was a duo that had debated and we were setting up to have that happen again. But Bill and with the Bill and Ted twist, of course, it wasn't a debate. It was a celebrity rap battle, which we did get between the two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then the rap battle. Mitt uh, Romney rapping is forever <laughs> burned into my brain. Right, yeah. So with the rap battle over, Ted thinks there must be an easier way to get votes. And as if on cue, the popular kids come out. And by popular kids, we're talking about the Avengers that are in their casual clothes, but they're still very Avenger-esque. Like Captain America is wearing red, white, and blue. Thor has the red and dark blue black widows and mostly black in a black and white skirt. And, uh, oh, the other one's Bruce Banner, who is not green yet, obviously, because he isn't the Hulk. So popular kids are the Avengers, which makes perfect sense considering how damn well that movie and every subsequent <laughs> movie did after that. Okay. So, uh, one missing member that I had not said in that list was Hawkeye, but he does arrive. He arrives with his bow and asks, where's he been? Archery class. And actually, yes, he has with Katniss Dean, which is not a joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a joke in a show. I didn't make that up. And he's, and I, I, it's, it, it is kind of the feeling. I always felt that Hawkeye was like, not quite an Avenger Avenger. I like him. There's nothing wrong with him, but I always got the, the, the vibe. He wasn't an Avenger Avenger. He's just like the tag along. And this kind of plays out like that because they end up stuffing him in a locker. Yeah. Did you ever read the, the, um, they, they had a comic run of, of Hawkeye not that long ago that was absolutely freaking hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you'd like it, especially for one uh, particular, uh, uh, comic, uh, what do you, what do they call them? One episode, whatever. Yeah. One shots. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's just, it's, it's part of the series, right? Oh, but I like, gotcha. you, know, oh. Ep, you know, version or, or comic book one, comic book two, comic book three, whatever. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I issues, know what you're saying. Issues. Oh, that's, that's what they call Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, um, there's one issue that is all from the point of view of his dog. Oh God. <laughs> I would like and to it is, that. It is one of the most amazing things ever put into print in a comic series ever. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. Um, remind me later. I can, I can send them to okay. you. They're, okay. they're absolutely fucking hilarious. Cool. That sounds awesome. But yeah. And, and this, this pretty particular comic series takes, it takes Hawkeye as seriously as you should be taken, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely that's, brilliant. That's funny. So they try to get Bruce, battered change into the Hulk by making him think about things that would piss him off and get him angry. And the best thing they can come up with at the time is how bad Bane's voice was in the dark Knight rises. <laughs> and he was, he was about to change, but then they found out Tony Stark was in the parking lot with his Camaro and a trunk full of beer. So they all just went out to the parking lot, which Again, was the correct choice, much like Ted earlier. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so stage clears again, and now we get an introduction for Magic Mike. But it's not that Magic Mike. It's a middle-aged man with a cape and a wand who plays birthday parties and is looking for work. He's an actual performance magician. 
Uh. <laughs> so cute. But I mean, it's it's a setup because now we have almost all. I think we have all the women minus the dancers up on that big the uh, balcony that's always in the show. Uh, she's there. There's it's the Snow Whites and uh, Black Widow. Oh, I think Katniss is the only one not there. They're they're shouting. They're acting like middle aged women at a Magic Mike show. Take your clothes off. Show us your <laughs> your wand. I think they said at one point. And then Ooh. he gets so frustrated that he finally snaps and says, "All right, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get." And we get this heavy set middle aged guy doing a Chris Farley level strip tease from that Saturday Night Live bit with Patrick Swayze. It was a great little button to that scene. Uh, so now to clear the stage, we get the third madman interstitial. And now Don Draper applies for a job of Planned Parenthood. And he gives a very, uh, I don't know what you would say. Uh, uh he, he says something about, I've, I, I don't know the line. It's going to actually sound worse than it was, but it was already pretty bad. Something about getting rid of all those kids that he created out there. And that was okay. That was okay. He was hired. But then he said, oh, by the way, I'm banging your wife. And then he got fired. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so, <laughs> so now back to Bill and Ted, they meet on stage. And it's like the, since the, apart from the rap battle and the opening, they haven't been on too much. It's been Bill or Ted this show right. for a while and now they're back on stage and there's an announcement that the polls close in five minutes and bill and ted scramble for final votes and we get a rapid pop culture chaser on the stage we've get all the people we've seen we get new characters i don't even know who they were but everything that was like left to, to do to paradise and pop culture had popped up in this including the wrap-up which was a quick dance break to gangnam style that was 2012 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And then the polls closed. And as Bill and Ted are arguing about what has just transpired, they actually get to the point of saying they don't need each other. They're about to part ways. And before they do, Angel Dick Clark descends down from the the ceiling or heavens, how you want to say it. And I had to look. I was like, Dick Clark died in 2000. I think I figured they were like just bringing Dick Clark in because he had been dead for 10 years. No, he died 2012. I didn't realize it was that recent. Ooh. I thought it was a lot longer thought, than that. I thought I saw him at New Year's last year, but maybe not. <laughs> you probably saw a clip. I'm sure they're going to drag out clips of him until we're dead. I, I was just thinking they just propped him up in the corner or something. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so with, with Angel Dick Clark having... Met them. He lets them know that their fans need them. Sandinus needs them. And to help them, you're going to need this. And he points at the stage and, oh, yeah, there's a time traveling phone booth and element in Bill and Ted, which we hadn't seen until now, until Angel Dick Clark brings it on stage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. We'll use that now. Angel Dick Clark gives him one more message. The elections have been rigged. So you have to stop all of this. And they jump in the time booth, time phone booth and take off and now we're back at the school and it's the results of the election and since none of the candidates are there meaning bill and ted principal dingleberry is going to take over and make all the changes to the school that he planned in the first place well on that sentence the traveling time traveling phone booth arrives again and bill and ted are back and they also brought back abraham lincoln so there is the callback i was or the reference i was referring to that was also in the original Bill and Ted movie. So 
they brought back an old friend in a sense. <laughs> uh, yes. yep. So now Principal Dingleberry is angry. He wants to know why does Bill and Ted always ruin everything? And they're like, well, this these this time I've got a big surprise to you. There's another mastermind behind this, and he brings out Mark Zuckerberg, the one that is actually making all the changes of the school. And this was I don't know. This is the year of what's the year of the social network? I know it was the year of the I think the Facebook. Uh, uh, public offering. Yeah, probably. Yep. The social network was 2010. So, okay. It's not far from that, but so, well, Mark Zuckerberg is always a good target. I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's an easy target, but it's always a good target. He's just a good villain. Yeah. A good. There you go. There you <coughs> Real go. Life yep. or not. Yep. He's a good villain. Yep. So to counteract the Zuckerberg takeover, Abe Lincoln gets up on stage and reminds everyone what America really stands for. And at the end of his speech, he pulls out his hatchet because it's kind of the Abe Lincoln from Abe Lincoln versus zombies at this point. <laughs> oh, that was a thing too, right? <laughs> it was, yep. <laughs> and then, uh, or Abe Lincoln versus vampires, depending if you watch the uh, studio release or the asylum picture release. Either way, they're both the same year. I watched both. <laughs> I don't know what that says for me. But yeah, when Abe and everybody turns to take care of Zuckerberg, he's gone. He pops up on the big screen on the side of the theater and he says he's in his super secret lair, but there's one more thing he needs to tell them. I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. He ducks down and pops up Al Roker, the real Al Roker. Wow. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and he says, and Al Roker says, I would have gotten away with this if it wasn't for Bill and Ted. A very Scooby-Doo statement. And then he said he disguised himself to be part of the show because he's a really big fan, and he's going to do something he always wanted to do, and that was to introduce the final song and dance, and, and he got to. I will say, there's an incredibly disturbing addition to this that was not in my notes. He says, hey, Lawler, I want that back rub now. I'm like, Ooh, after this whole Matt Lawler <laughs> fallout, or not fallout, but the uh, what a slime ball he ended up being. Yeah, uh, I don't even know what the word is I want to find, but you know what I mean. And I think people listening yeah. know what I'm trying to say. So, you, so we get the last song and dance, and the finale is Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys because this was also the year Adam Young died. He died earlier that May, so they gave a tribute hmm. to him. And with that, we got Halloween, or no, not Halloween Horror Nights itself. We have Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure 22. 21, but for 22. Nice. Yeah. That, that's a that's a rough ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this was the packed full of a lot of things I didn't know well, but knew existed. And it's probably going to be that way for another year until 24 comes around and we were back into the nostalgia phase and everything that was, you know, old is now new or again to me, or, or that's, that's not the, at all the phrase I was looking for, but, uh, relevant to me, I guess. Right. Yeah. Is it the best? No, no, but uh, yeah, not the greatest, right? Yeah. Not the greatest, but you know, Bill and Ted, you got to sit down. Chances are we had a beer before we got there or right after it. So, it was the break. It was yeah. the people. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I don't want to say that's what Bill and Ted was for. That was a bonus to having the Bill and Ted show. You got to sit down after probably being on your feet for three to four hours. You got a lot of right. people out of your way, 
And you, you certainly laugh. No matter the weakest Bill and Ted is going to make you laugh. So you had some laughs. It does. It really does. Yeah. I agree. And now, finally, the third and last show offering for Halloween Horror Nights 22 was their Lagoon show. So this was 2012. This was the year that they had the 100 years of Universal show. This was the big flat screen that was out in the Lagoon. This was four or five years after the 360 dome. So we had the big flat screen every night. Well, most of the nights during the year, we had that 2000 or we had that hundred years of universal show fun show. Nice way to cap off the night, but they took advantage of having all the mechanics in place to add something to Halloween horror nights. And we had four different kind of mini shows at night on the screen for Halloween horror nights, 22 and they were very simple themed. We had a Chucky show, we had an Alice Cooper show, we had an Alfred Hitchcock show, and we had a Universal Monsters show. And they were, like I said, they were two to three minutes. I think the Universal Monsters one might have been like four minutes. Very short, but nice little fun stop and watch. The Chucky one was was completely, I don't want to say the movie was silent because there was noise. It was, it was a music video to a remix of More Human Than Human by White Zombie. So, that, of course, that caught my attention. It was just a bunch of clips mm-hmm. of the movie. There's a bunch of lights and lasers and fog and some water features, the same that they had them for the 100 Years of Universal as well. The Alice Cooper Show, that was lasers and lights again, and this was a music, a not the Welcome to My Nightmare music video, nor the Muppets one. That would have caught my attention, but the uh, it was Welcome to My Nightmare. It was a new... A show for it, I guess you'd say it was. It was like these the waveforms and these fractal generators and his eyes at the very end. That was probably the the weakest one. The Alfred Hitchcock. It was mostly Psycho. This one was cool because it had Psycho. It's it was mostly the Psycho soundtrack for the music. It had some movie clips. It had a little bit of the uh, dialogue here and there. But what's really cool about this is during the psycho portion, all the lights were white and the laser effects were white to keep with the black and white footage until the shower scene. And then all the lights went red. Mm. Yeah, that was cool. And then uh, I think the other, the only other movie in this was the birds, which was a color movie. So then they'd use the colored lights and the colored lasers again. So that one, that one actually might've been longer than universal monsters. That one was cool. And then Universal Monsters, of course, regardless of length or whatnot, the piece de resistance, that was, this one had the most dialogue because the, I'd say the first half of this was a creation of, of Frankenstein's monster. And then after that, we got a great music montage to, to horror soundtrack of all the other creatures. It's really, for me, can't go wrong with, with Universal Monsters. And of course, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun. I mean, Universal Monsters is always good. (laughs) Always. And uh, yeah, that is all three shows for 22. So that's the scare zones and the shows. Now we have the houses to talk about, which we'll do in part two. There's also an extensive discussion about the game, which I think we'll save for that. But it does revolve around the scare zone. So I'll recap 
I said scare zones. The the roaming, I will never be able to remember that this was not a scare zones <laughs> didn't exist at one point in Halloween Horror Nights. The 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 roaming legions, har, le, har, legions of horror. So, but uh, yeah, we'll save both those will be good discussions to split up because we're I think about I think the ne- the second episode would be about the length of this. I think we're at a good halfway point here to go on the part two. I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't really have any other really good recollections of of the you know the the scare scare zones or whatever you want to call the roving bands or anything else to add to this one. So I think yeah, it's a good place to wrap up and start getting into the mazes. All right, so we are going to go on to record part two, but we're going to end the episode now so that we have a nice kind of library to pick and choose what you want to listen to if you go back to this or read the descriptions before you download them. So if you are ready to go on to the houses with us, it'll be right behind this episode in the feed. And if you're not subscribed to the feed, you can find Catacombs of Halloween Heart Nights on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, just about anywhere that provides podcasts. We are there. In fact, obviously, if you found this, however, whatever method you found this in, that is where you're going to find the rest of the episode. So we're part of the NeoZaz.com network. Everything that we do can be found at NeoZaz.com. And our social media pages that go along with this will be actually listed at the end of the episode, I just realized. I won't waste any more of your time. I will just say thank you, Quint, for joining me once again. Always fun talking about Halloween Horror Nights. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at NeoZaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at NeoZaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.